So again, welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, it's a pleasure and uh, a special delight to present the speaker uh, to you today, Professor Gideon Katz, who teaches philosophy uh, at the Ben-Gurion University, uh, located in the Ben-Gurion Research Institute uh, in Zdabukher. Uh, Gideon is the author of To the Core of Secularism, a philosophical analysis of secularism in its Israeli context came out in Hebrew in 2011, and the same year, The Pale God, Israeli Secularism and Spinoza's Philosophy of Culture, uh, published by uh, academic, uh, academic Press. Yeah. Academic Studies Press, I'm sorry. I'm the editor, I should know. <laughs> uh, uh, Gidon is also the co-editor of uh, Music in Israel, uh, a collection of fascinating uh, articles about Israeli music, and most recently his book uh, In Silence and Out Loud, Leibovitch in the Israeli context, was published by the Open University Press in Israel. And the title of to his talk today is The Fear of Judaism in Israeli Culture. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. So I will read. <clears throat> okay. This paper seeks to depict and examine a certain anxiety that finds expression in Israeli culture. It is expressed by and attributed to Israeli secular sector. This anxiety stems from a fear that religious Judaism will erase Israeli secular identity because their identity and their sense of freedom is based upon the notion that lives of human beings in general and Jews in particular should be conducted through political healthy authority, religion is seen as a threat. Their fear is part and parcel of Israeli secularism, its image of Judaism and secularism, its consciousness of strengths, of weakness and particular character. Our depiction of this fear will make use of the works of Israeli literary figures, utopia, dystopians, novels, essays, and critics. This is a phenomenological exercise that seeks to express the consciousness and experience of this sector. Accordingly, I have dispensed with any abstract discussion of the definition of secularism. The general characterization provided above will suffice for our needs. An overly detailed definition is likely to limit our field of vision. It is important to note that what is written here about Israeli sector community and its fears is limited to their image and their fears as they appear in selected text, according to my interpretation, of course. Without noting this, many claims in this paper may seem like jarring generalizations. As mentioned, a central element of the anxiety we are dealing with is the feeling that secular identity is in a bitter struggle with a titanic and stubborn Judaism. Dystopian novels specialize in describing nightmares like this. 
in the 1980s and afterward dystopian novels that depict the, the, the transformation of Israel into a dark and violent theocracy were published. The secular minority of this fictionalized state are persecuted and oppressed. Many among its ranks abandon their identity and adopt a religious one. The descriptions of these catastrophes put emphasis on the cruelty of fanatical religious Judaism that knows no limits. In the 90s, those authors Judaism called to mind the Taliban. In more recent works, the Islamic State. It makes no difference if the rulers are Haredim, the ultra-Orthodox, or national religious, the Tindumim. This cruelty is not just a manifestation of evil. It is evidence of the obtuseness and perversity of Judaism in the eyes of secularism. One might claim that there is no reason to make to take the works mentioned above seriously. The doom and the gloom of this genre, the traverse in catastrophe, show its limitations. Yet, what we find in these dystopian novels is found in many other places as well, in newspaper columns, polemics, and other writings. These dystopian visions are unique only in their extreme and simplistic style, not in the concerns that are raised in them. Amos Oz's collection of articles in the land of Israel in fall 1982 opens with a visit to his childhood neighborhood in Jerusalem. His thoughts fit in neatly to the templates laid out in this dystopias. I quote, 20 years ago, my teacher Dov Sadan, who was a very important uh, professor in Hebrew University, uh, writing about the modern Hebrew, more, modern Jewish literature, in a casual conversation, said that Zionism is nothing more than a passing episode, a temporary outbreak of the mundane, a political and historical disturbance. But Hilachic Judaism will come back and overcome Zionism and absorb it into itself. In this neighborhood in which I was born and raised, the outcome of the battle has already been determined. Zionism has been driven out of here as if it never was. Menachem Brinker, an Israeli philosopher who writes also about uh, modern Hebrew literature, offers a different version of this regression. Instead of regression in time, he speaks of gravity and in place of pessimism, 
He talks of heroic pathos. According to Brinker, secular identity was born out of a relentless effort to overcome an ancient, overbearing Jewish identity. Basically, the secular are fate to, I quote, a never-ending struggle against the laws of gravity that draw them to surrender their modern distinctive status for the historical depth of an ancient identity. The prevalent fear in secular circles over the perceived danger that religion poses is also seen in the reaction to the rise of Shas, a, a religious political party. Menachem Mountner, professor from Tel Aviv University, specifically on culture and law, brings many examples of this in the articles that are generally published in Haaretz, the famous Israeli newspaper, which is like the Guardian or something like this, I don't know. The titles of these articles in and of themselves are enough to get a good sense of this phenomenon. <laughs> the darkness of Middle Ages, the culture war is already here, sad light and happy darkness. The academic, the academic studies that were written in the 80s and afterward about the struggle that portrayed this image of an hostile Judaism also give testimony to this phenomenon. The philosopher Gershon Weiler in 1977 published his book, Jewish Theocracy. His claim, main claim, is that <coughs> the principle of Ilachic life necessarily preclude Jewish sovereignty and therefore the struggle over religion in Israeli politics is a life or death matter. The historian Igal Eilam provides a similar analysis in his book The End of Judaism, which published in 2000. A number of articles that address the, the relationship between Judaism and Israeliness include images of this dangerous Judaism. Dan Miron's Dan Miron is a professor, a very, very important figure in Israeli culture, wrote mainly on modern Hebrew literature, Yiddish literature, Jewish literature, and also wrote a lot about Israeli culture. Dan Miron's is one, in one of his articles provides a detailed analysis of the movement for greater Israel's open manifesto. The, this manifesto was published a short time after the Six-Day War with uh, signatures of central literary and uh, cultural figures of the time. The most famous one is Nathan Alterman. Uh, the manifesto announced that a new period has arrived. 
Ben-Gurion's conception that placed the state above the people has been turned upside down. The state has been thrown aside to this lowest level. The wholeness of the land and the nation have been placed above it. Miron's explanation for the outbreak of the consciousness of the new era is important for our discussion. This experience, I thought, he writes, did not flow from the precede in the life of the people or the state. It didn't flow from any intentional ideological aspiration, not from any conscious political effort. It was sought after and no effort is done to achieve it. It was a surprise, a revolution, an outburst from, from some unknown depth. What erupted from there in the Six Days War is a, the Jewish entity that forever lies underneath the surface and that awakens with frightening immediacy. The fundamental formulation is, is as follows. Israeli secularism is in a struggle with an abstract, fierce Jewish being that bursts forth from the depth to threaten to eliminate it. To all this, we must add something. It is not a new Israeli fear. Gershom Sholem's well-known letter about the religious content that would erupt from the volcanic force from the depth of the secular Hebrew language was written before the establishment of the state in Israel and expressed the same fear. There are incidents where the depiction of this struggle is a bit different not a sudden takeover of Israeli secularism, but rather interference with it. In this version, Israel, including secularism and secularists, cannot come to its full and proper realization because of Judaism. Let us explore one example of this state. In 1980s, A.B. Yeshua, the famous Israeli writer, published his book, By Virtue of, of Normality. Its analytic method is generally psychologistic. The exilic existence is characterized by stagnation and inability to fulfill itself. The, the result of the exile is an abstract Jewish existence, almost demonic and half-real. Zionism is intensive therapy for this pathology. Israel is the remedy. Its take 
it, it stands ready to offer this tortured, fe fear, a faceless people a concrete existence. The, the conflict over territories is essentially a conflict between the exilic tendency towards formless and the aspiration for fulfillment in a real world. The fact that Israel cannot mark its borders is a symptom of the unending applications of exilic existence. The differences between the different authors are not significant here. They all share the same fundamental culture experience whose root is the bitter and perhaps even the tragic struggle of secularism with Judaism that rises up out of the cellar. In some of the text, the phenomenon, the phenomenon's Latin nature is mentioned explicitly. In others, it appears between the lines. The fact that such important changes in Israeli life happened in a blink of the eye testifies the latent place of this abstract Judaism. The depiction of the fragility of Israeli life cannot be explained through this uh, component, without this component, so without some notion of Judaism as an unconscious identity, entity. Can you have a lighter? Breathing in the dark. No? No? Ah. <laughs> ah. Well, um, this this uh, description of the fragility of Israeli life cannot be explained without this component, without some notion of Judaism as an unconscious identity entity that combines eternal person persons with lighting fast appearance. The identity crisis described here as a cultural cause. The natural, the natural starting point for this ex explanation is the content of the fear. The fundamental trivial element is the threat of Judaism, is that th the, the threat is Judaism as religion. That's the meaning of Judaism, re religion. There are the features. It is frozen, absolute, as if it exists in another reality. <clears throat> it is unknown, other, closed off, and masked, as if it is unrecognized, or the more that it is recognized, it is recognized as a threat. It erupts contact 
with it is bound up with regression. Those who expose to it are stripped off the former identity. Those who imagine the entity described above and its manner of manifestation in the world have no live contact with it. Its demonic character testifies that it is not a part of the collective consciousness real experience. With this, the role and the importance of the psychologistic image of the hidden latent entity of the unconsciousness Judaism is understood. It allows the attribution of the demonic character to Judaism and to formulate it in a rational language to express the absence of contact. Judaism is found within us, belongs to us, and at the same time, it is foreign and unknown. Withdrawal from contact and encounter, to use Buber's term, is not just an inner conscious matter. This is precise description of Israeli culture, including its roots and anxieties. I will clarify this matter by explaining, by explaining the meaning of the absence of contact in Israeli culture and the meaning of contact in this context. The dominant conception in Israeli secularism and to large extent in Israeli culture in general, is that Judaism is a national culture. By defining itself in this way, it sees itself as an alternative to traditional Judaism. The father of this idea, who articulated it with great clarity, was a Hadam. His fundamental approach was the transformation of religion content, religious content, to ideas, uh, an idea, sorry, into a national, earthy, historic plane. Ahadam's idea had a deep impact on Israeli secularism, and at least upon Basic is basic. It's basic uh, assumption that could serve as an alternative to religious Judaism. The conception of Judaism as a national culture alienated itself from the religious foundation of Judaism. This is the source of the withdrawal from contact with the religious Judaism and the unstable self-image of secularism. And this, uh, in, in the case of people with intensive religious character, like the Jewish people, which had been maintaining itself in religious form for many, many generations, the proposal of an alternative identity was bound to feel forced. 
This secular reason did indeed have a promising start. It was supported by the critic of, relig of religion that had been heard in the Western thought for a few hundred years. It stems from the deep political social need to oppose traditional Judaism, superstitious beliefs, and aspiration for liberation from the life of exile. However, as circumstances changed, its internal contradiction began to be felt. It sought to pave the path to religious tradition while emptying its of religious content. It tried to draw close to that which it had eliminated itself from, and therefore, in the end, it probed upon a unstable and frightened identity. This alienation from the spirit of religious Judaism belongs to the early stages of this secularism. In the 80s, it added another level of problematics, the alienation from Israeli society. The political revolution of the rise of Mizrahi Jews granted religion and tradition great weight. The slogans of secularism sound foreign. The crafters of this Israeli secularism did not try to clarify for themselves the reason that they were being pushed to, to the sidelines and they certainly did not try to honestly engage with the new traditional psyche that was washing over their society. The alienation from Israeli society had added on the previous alienation of spirit, and this secularism became every more untenable and detached. response to this anxiety. I believe that it is to be found in re-engaging with the religious tradition. An article by Asaf Inbari, an Israeli writer, provides us a precise formulation. I quote, Judaism without God is empty word. Hebrew culture cannot be atheist culture, just like it cannot be orthodox culture. Jewish renewal will only bear serious meaning when it grapples anew with Jewish faith, just as it must open up to a realms of statehood, <coughs> aesthetics, and all of other modern challenges that rabbinic Judaism is running from. So, too, it must open up 
to the metaphysical realm. Without this, Judaism is just a folklore. It will renew the face of Judaism if it offers new ways of understanding. If Judaism has any meaning that is not exilic ghetto and is not nationalistic, messianic, Hebrew culture is the address for uncovering it. But what is the meaning of new encounter with Judaism? An important hint of this is provided by Inbal. The renewal of Judaism is depend on ascribing meaning to it that is neither ghetto exilic nor messianic nationalistic. The ghetto exilic mode has no place in Israeli society because it retreats from that society. The messianic nationalistic mode has no place in this society because it aspires to undermine the political framework that it sees as a temporary stage. Are there new modes of understanding Judaism that avoid those pitfalls? I believe that the answer to this question is the mission of the cultural critic, whether historian, philosopher, or literary scholar. And we need not await for cultural creations to be produced in the future. We can look of what is happening around us at this moment. Since our time is short, let's look at one example. The flourishing beaut, liturgical poetry and song seen in a cultural expression is a cultural expression that addresses Israelis as a whole and whose religious meaning is neither ghetto nor messianic. This religious music that is created in diverse social settings has become part of the larger society as it brings into the open voices of the multiplicity of Jewish communities over the generations. For our purpose, a passage that appears in, on the website, an invitation to Piyut, will be enough to make the point. I quote, every Piyut and every prayer opens up many gates. It causes a voice that travels over time to our very days to be heard. The Piyutim and the prayers absorb longing and pain, hopes and joy of many generations. And those who listen to these voices yearn to be connected to them. And so an encounter with the Hebrew language, its beauty and its lyrical mystery is forged and, and an invitation to extend to return to our roots, to the Jewish culture, 
to the cycle of the calendar and to the cycle of life. Song and music deepen the connection of each individual to the community and of each community to the entire Jewish people in Israel, in the entire world, in the past and in the present. The Piyut scene is an example of encounter. It grants Israeli an opportunity to encounter their tradition without uprooting their identity. Israelis are invited to discover the language and beaut of beaut, the musical traditions, their religious roots, outside of religious rituals. They can do it on the National Library website, on the musical performance, on the all array of events. In short, this is an example of the creation of new meaning, neither ghetto nor messianic, that belong to Israeli culture as it flows from Jewish tradition. We don't have enough time, but I think the other example, it's just one example, I can't get to this, but Nishar uh, Leibovitch is a very interesting example of, of creating or expressing voice, a public voice of Judaism and address it to the whole Israeli society. And I think it is a, another example, interesting example for this case. What we have discussed up until now is connected to another matter that I can only mention briefly, the Ashkenazi character of Israeli culture. A fundamental experience of Israeli culture the detachment from Judaism and fear of it, that's why we spoke, is tightly bound with the experience of, Jew, of the Jews of Europe. My intention here is not to, to suggest that the writers who were mentioned in this paper are Ashkenazi by their names. Through this detail, is not meaningless. This experience is Ashkenazi because it expressed it is expressed the process of secularization that took place among the Jews of Europe, the secular Zionism rebellion, and in short the rupture of this community from the religious tradition. Hada Am's alternative proposal, which was mentioned above, is only one expression of this shift. The famous Berdichevsky's Tears of the Heart, Brenner's mocking on the halacha and the religious sentiment, the images of the dying Bet Midrash in Bialik poems, these I don't know how to translate it. These all other well-known examples of the deep fissure in the world of these Jews. This historical fissure continues to exist in Israelis in addition to the fear 
of return to a frozen Jewish identity, one can add the fear of losing Jewish identity. Many uh, Israeli and even in the, in the, in the issue period were speaking about it, for example, uh, Mr. Kloisner and uh, just to jump, Samechizal, about losing Jewish identity. Uh, these experiences do not reflect the world of Mizrahim, the Jews who came to Israel from Arab lands. For them, there is continuous, intimate, and flexible connection to their religious tradition, a connection that was taken as another expression of their cultural inferiority upon their arrival to Israel. It is clear from the discussion of, of this paper that the encounter with religious tradition is important, so I guess, but it is possible that it is even more important. In particular, the comments about the, an encounter based on the world of Mizrahim. Here I can only touch on this in a general way. An encounter like the one that this traditional piyut scene presents is an opening to a liberation for Israeli culture from its formative anxiety and from its Ashkenazi character and allows for comprehensive re-engagement. It is an opportunity to discover the cultural richness of Mizrahim and to uproot the degrading image of them as a bereft of culture. It is also opportunity to deepen Hebrew language resonance and to create a live contact with its dusty ancient layers and even an opportunity to open up to the Middle East by dint of Piyut's deep connection to the Arabic musical tradition. The replanting of Israeli culture into the, into the tradition is an, is an uncovering its past, an invitation for self-discovery and an opportunity to encounter its Middle Eastern environment. Thank you.